Welcome to the Dental Implant Podcast with your host, Pav Kara, your source of knowledge for all things relating to dental implants. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you learned something valuable. I hope. Good evening, everybody. Well, I say good evening. It's because we're recording in the evening. I don't know what time you're listening to this, but let's let's presume it's in the evening. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the next episode of the Dental Implant Podcast. Uh, I know I keep promising that I'm going to uh, record more of these than I don't. It's a bit sporadic. Uh, well, the good news is, is I now have a lot more free time to dedicate to this. So unfortunately, you're gonna, you are going to have to listen to my voice a, a little bit more frequently. So I'm really excited today to have a colleague, uh, Dr. Millie Morrison, We've actually worked together in the same clinic before, and Millie is an absolute whiz with with Invisalign. And we are going to be talking uh, about how to integrate uh, implants and uh, also integrate Invisalign for those patients who who, who want to have both. We're going to, you know, I'll, I'll be picking our brains because I find it interesting as well. So um, just before we start on that, uh, I will again just go into. Um, the Academy of Implant Excellence, which is now up and running. Um, and I'm getting some very fantastic feedback, which is exactly what I wanted. If you'd like to learn more about the Academy of Implant Dentistry and course content, please reach out to me. I'd be very happy to discuss that with you. Anybody in the UK who's interested in mentoring on any level, whether you're getting started into implants or whether you want to progress to sinus list, full art, just anything along those lines, I'm also happy to help there. Uh, but I do want to make sure that I can serve you and help you to the best of my ability. And secondly, you're going to be a good match for the academy because I'm very much building a culture of mutual support, learning, uh, safe environment, and that that's really important to me. Okay, so just before we start, Millie, can you tell us, tell them, I, I mean, I know about you, but tell the listeners <laughs> about you. Hi, hi, everybody. And thank you, Pav. My name is Millie, Millie Morrison, and I have been a general dentist since I graduated. But then I really found my passion a few years ago, about seven, seven years ago now, um, in clear aligner therapy and since finding my passion in clear aligner therapy, and just so you know, when I left university, I was like, I'm never doing another exam again. I really hated orthodontics. I was like, that's it. I hope that I won't be doing that. I really thought my my journey would be into more restorative. And then that hasn't happened. I found this passion. And you know, when you find a passion for something, it really reignites your fire for going into work, for learning more. And then I just wanted to really push myself and be able to deliver the very best I could for my patients um, and, you know, really enjoy the work I was doing. So uh, lo and behold, I am now doing more orthodontics than anything else and done multiple, you know, post, postgraduate courses to currently do my master's in clear aligner therapy. So it's really made me do a 180 on what um, I thought I would be doing when I left university all that time ago and uh, yeah the opportunities mentoring teaching you know dentists all over the world how to implement it into their practice with the restorative side as well has been you know absolutely incredible it's taken me on this whirlwind so I always yeah. say Pav and I'm sure you'll agree that one decision can change your life and my decision to really go all in with clear aligner therapy and Invisalign um, as, as the brand that I use really changed my life completely yeah and I think it's it's your ability to integrate with restorative and implants. This is why I wanted to speak to you because we have done a few cases 
pieces together where patients have wanted implants and Invisalign at the same time. So, I mean, the listeners know that I've been banging on about implants for a very, very long time. <laughs> they know that, you know, oxygen doesn't bind to hemoglobin in, in, in my blood is not, is not iron-based. It, it's got to be titanium-based because that's the only thing that makes sense. My wedding ring is titanium. I live and breathe titanium. It's, uh, I'm sure if I was sleep sleep talking as well that I'd be talking about grades of titanium yeah. and I know that you're kind of like the same with 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 Invisalign as well so what I want to get from your perspective is let's say a patient comes in and I want to split this up in, in into two factors okay and let's keep let's keep it simple to start with there is enough space mm-hmm. for me to put in an implant predictably and I know where everything wants to end up but the patient wants alignment as well. They want an overall nice smile. What's the best way to harmonize the treatment plan between you as an Invisalign dentist and myself as an implant surgeon? Because everything's restoratively driven. So what that means is even if I've got enough bone where I know I can get an implant in, I need to know where your treatment plan is going to finish up Mm. because that's where I need to put the implant. And sometimes I've got to modify my implant position slightly to give the patient that best outcome. So how do you work with dentists who implants in those types of cases? So, I mean, that's really, it's really interesting how you can get both parts to integrate so well. And I think one of the things that's really amazing when we're thinking about where orthodontics and where treatment planning is today is that a lot of treatment planning is done digitally now. So we can predict where or where the teeth are going to end up before we even start. And with things, you know, with things, how they're progressing, that's really um, great and a really great scenario. And I think where we are now with treatment planning and how everything can be treatment planned digitally before we even really touch the patient opens up this world of opportunity because we can predictably say, well, this is where the teeth are going to end up from um, an alignment point of view and therefore a restorative point of view. We know where we want the implant, the crown of the implant to be. And if we've got enough space, then typically how I work is I quite like the implant to go in. I'll align the teeth whilst it's integrating. And then by the time we get to the end of the alignment, we're ready to restore the restore the implant crown before we go into the retention phase. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like how I work as well uh, in these types of cases. So it's really important that I convey to the Invisalign provider Mm. that, look, this is the position where the patient wants the implant to go. And I mean, I used to do a lot of Invisalign as well. I have a rudimentary understanding of the system. So I kind of like know what actually this is kind of like going to be the sequence of everything. Mm. But I think if effectively what we're saying, what it comes down to is it's, it's communication between patient, me as an implant surgeon, and then yourself as the Invisalign provider. Yeah. Because what we've got to do is we've got to harmonize all of those stages. And that's no different as if you uh, than if you were doing any other type of interdisciplinary work. It's, it comes down to clear communication and making sure that we're putting the patient's interests first mm-hmm. and making sure that we're all aligned with the patient desires. Absolutely. So, I think, you know, and that communication um, is so important. So, you know, say if say if I saw the patient first and they wanted alignment, they wanted um, implants, then typically what happens is I'll sort of oversee the case and then I'm doing that communication. And the great thing with, you know, the online planning um, platforms that we have, we can now integrate C 
CT scans. I can export final SDL files. We can export videos. We can export pretty much everything. And, you know, when you really dive deep into the biomechanics, we can in- increase that predictability as well. So you can really communicate in lots of different formats between you know yourself the surgeon and the patient and then if the surgeon so if say you were to see the patient first and then you were to refer them um to me to to do the invisalign part of the treatment or the alignment part of the treatment then you know you'll probably be overseeing it and you know you'd be i always think think of it as like the manager of the case because <laughs> you're the one yeah. you know you're managing the case and you're you're you know I, I work very multidisciplinary i like that other people do what they're very good at so the patient gets the best quality outcome um but i'll manage the case i'll be i'll be project managing it um and then but you can have all that and you can get all that information in a really clear way so you know exactly where you're putting the implants and if you wanted stents from you know labs or if you were going to make your own stents again because we can export the sdl files you can have those made ahead of time yeah so the next scenario that i wanted to discuss with you and this is something that i um i sometimes bully invisalign providers into this even though they may not like it so much but i i, I push them into it a little bit and from my perspective it's, it's just from kind of like a treatment planning perspective okay yeah. and that treatment planning perspective is really quite simple is if i don't quite have enough room or it's a or it's a, or it's kind of like there's more crowding than what I wanted and I've kind of just about got enough um, uh, uh, space. Quite after what I'll do at that point is I will turn around and ask the Invisalign provider, I don't bully them into it. I ask very, very politely. Um, I say, right, okay, we want to put an implant in this position. Let's say it's an upper premolar, mm. okay, and the canine and the second premolar needs to move around it, okay, and it's the first premolar that we're replacing. I'll quite often turn around and say to them, can you do me a favor? Can you move the canine and the second premolar into their final positions ASAP? And then once you've done that, I'll put the implant in, then I don't want those moved afterwards. Yeah. And then, so effectively what happens is you're, mo- you're moving a select number of teeth very quickly so that I can put the implant in and then the rest of the teeth are kind of like delayed a little bit behind uh, yeah. behind as well. I know it's not always possible, but can you give us your thoughts on that? So I guess there are a few things that are really, really important in terms of predictability when we think about the the biomechanics of of clear aligners. So for Invisalign, um, it's one of you know it's one of the brands. Um, and staging, so how you stage the treatment, how you stage the movements is incredibly important. So there will be times when we can very easily move teeth. It will prioritize those movements. Um, but often what will happen is because it's a pushing system and because we're doing force-driven system, we're not doing a dipl- displacement system like your um, direct-to-consumer aligners where there's no attachments, there's no force, you know, it's just displacements, not force-driven. Um you, you may find that actually it makes sense if we wanted to expand, say, the, the canine, the premolar on the left-hand side, then to expand also on the right-hand side as well, because it's pushing. So it's, you know, those equal and opposite movements. Um, or, you know, if it's a derotation movement, it may be that we, it's, you know, rotation on a, on a point isn't very predictable. We need to do a little bit of round tripping. So... Yes, we can get it there as quickly as possible, but sometimes it's, it's not quite as simple as going from A to B. But what I like 
is trying to finish as much as possible at the same time. So when we can get the implant in, you know, at the beginning or midway through the alignment phase. So at the end, the patient finishes their ortho, they get their crown their implant crowns you know they've done the whitening they may have had a bit of bonding if they had a bit of tooth you know everything's finished they get those those retain and it's a real wow moment when you when we can get everything to line up when we've had that communication and if we think of our patients as consumers in that patient journey that's a real wow moment so i agree like if we can that's what we should be aiming for yeah, and again, this is this is the conversation that I have with the Invisalign providers that I work with as well. Is sometimes I'll make that request and I'll turn around and say, "Probably not biomechanically. That's not that, that's not possible." Um, and then then what we end up doing is we end up staging the treatment. So my preference is always uh, to put the implant in as soon as what I possibly can. But sometimes what ends up happening, and good to get your feedback on this, is there'll be part of the Invisalign treatment that's done. Mm. Then I put the implant in mm. and then the rest of the Invisalign's finished around it. And sometimes that means I have to wait a little bit, which is absolutely fine with me. Mm. And I said, sometimes it's, uh, you know, the Invisalign uh, dentist just like, you know, what, I have crack on. This is where the teeth are going to end up. Um, but as you said, it, it very much depends on the type of tooth movement that's required. Because mm. if you've got a derotational movement to do, you need to overcorrect that slightly because you, you're going to have some rebound. And uh, if I've got a rotated tooth around where I want to put uh, want to put the implant, it alters the trajectory of my implant. So I need that correction done first. Yeah, absolutely. When and you don't, you know, we don't want to be moving the teeth too close to the implant. Like if the implant's gone in, I, you know, we want to be cautious about going on, you know, that close to the implant. But when you know, when we think about implants and in orthodontics, we we've been using TADS for many, many years, which are basically mini implants, right? Um, For, to help us with anchorage, to help us get some of the more complex movements more predictable. So actually, once we've got implants which are integrated, Sometimes that 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 makes our movements even even more predictable because we have this absolute anchorage. And you know, so for instance, if we thought of a patient who had lost all their posterior support, when you've got anterior teeth, they've got crowding, everything sort of protruded forward. Instead of trying to get the anterior teeth aligned, which is going to be difficult because I have no anchorage, I've got nothing to support. I would prefer to phase the treatment as well. So we'd do phase one, put implant, posterior implants in, let them integrate, put temporary crowns on, use them yeah. as anchorage to then align the anterior teeth and to get us back into, you know, reestablish a proper occlusion. And then we can put the final crowns on. So you've, you're almost doing, you know, different phases and you're splitting the implant phases up then as well. I think it goes back down to communication. Yeah. You know, and, and it comes down to communication to the level of, you know, you, you, you know what you need to do um, and, and what's capable I need to know what I need to do and what's capable, mm. bearing the end result in mind and working backwards from there. And sometimes it's a little bit trickier because, as you said, is you know if you put in these posterior implants, and then if you if you as an orthodontist, or the, I know you're not a specialist, so I don't want to mislabel you, but yeah. but you're very experienced <laughs> with it, with Invisalign, is it gets to a point where you can't change your treatment plan if the implants are gone in place. Yeah, you know, but. Similarly, is if we know what we're going to do, it may be that you stage some of the Invisalign treatment 
And uh, I will then place the implants, restore the implants, and then you use those for absolute anchorage and then move everything else around it afterwards. Yeah. So again, it just comes down to communication between between two parties yeah. who are aimed at looking at, uh, after the uh, a patient's best interest. And, and as you mentioned before, communication with the patient, because, you know, yeah. so like with the liners, one of the biggest things that we fight against, and I say fight in inverted commas, <laughs> is compliance. <laughs> so imagine we plan all this and it's, you know, it's going to be an awesome treatment plan. It's going to, we're, it's really going to serve the patient well and get them a fantastic result. And they don't wear the aligners because perhaps they don't really think it matters that much or, you know, whatever. And then it, you know, again, in inverted commas, messes everything up. You know, we have to, we have to make sure the patient's on board for that long term yeah. treatment because, you know, I've definitely had patients who I've said, they think they come in and they're like, it's going to take me three months because that's what they've seen on, you know, anyway somewhere um and actually it's not quite as simple as that perhaps they've got perio they've got extensive tooth wear they've got you know really severe issues um and they're like oh gosh no i'm not going to do that for a year no that, that's totally fine i'd actually rather you yeah. know that now before we start than find out halfway halfway in and we're worse off than where we were than where, 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 exactly. where, where we started off with exactly correct so I think the next question that I have for you is certainly back when I was doing Invisalign very, very long. That's a, that's a long, long time ago now. Is it, was, it was very much a case of you get limited root talk with these. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get true root talk and to um, uh, get roots out of the way, if I haven't got, you know, if, if, if the roots are tipped into the place of, of, of the implants and I haven't got place, space to mm-hmm. place the implants, historically it's always been um uh fixed ortho that's been able to treat that has invisalign progressed to the point where you can do that type of stuff is it for pretty much anybody who's learned to place invisalign or is it actually it can do it but there's a certain skill set that's that that's involved with it what's your opinion on that there have been leaps and bounds with what Invisalign can do. And I always say I'm very, very grateful that I started using Invisalign years ago, but I didn't start I didn't start using Invisalign 20 years ago <laughs> because I think I would have probably lost my patience with it if I started 20 years ago. So I think I started just in the sweet spot where it was really accelerating and we all these improvements, you know, everything is much more predictable now. Of course, when we're talking about root movement and we are trying to get that root torque, so that root tipping, that is a challenging movement. Okay. And realistically, it's actually a challenging movement no matter what appliance you're using. It just happens that it, it's slightly more challenging in aligners, or is it more challenging in aligners than it is with fixed. However, there are ways to make it more predictable. So using it for auxiliaries, using TADs, we can use power arms. And I like to overcorrect my movement. So I will always add a few extra degrees of root torque, knowing that it's gonna lag behind slightly. So I'll build, I'll overbuild it into the into the system because I know that I'm not gonna get there because it's going to lag behind slightly. So if I push it further, I'll probably get where I want to get to. In terms of who can who can can do that, I mean, I would never say, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't do something. If you feel you have the knowledge and you have that passion and you want to do it, then you should do it. You should try it. I think it's always really good to have a mentor behind you when you're taking on something that's step, you're stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit. At least 
um, you know, someone you can bounce ideas off. For instance, you know, for instance, you know, when going on my journey, when I've wanted to go outside my comfort zone. So, you know, I'm extruding an impacted canine. I took out the, took out the re- re- um, retained C. I did surgery, which I never, I never do, never do loads of surgery, but, you know, I exposed the canine. It was so exciting. I was having a ball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You've got my interest now. You started yeah. talking about surgery. I tell you, what, it was actually in your in your old surgery as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so probably using your probably using instruments that you used. So and and then you know, but I had that. I, that was a I've, I've done similar cases before, but not not to that extent. But. I had that help and that guidance from a mentor. So I think, you know, if you have that passion and you, you really want to be the best and you want to tackle new cases, then having that support network around you is really important. So for you, Pav, when you're, if you were working with an Invisalign dentist and they really wanted to try it, I'd say you'd be a fantastic mentor to be helping them with the implant and what you need because you, you've been there, you've done that and you've done so many cases, you can actually help and guide them as well you understand that restorative process yeah it's um what you're saying there kind of like resonates with and it's something that i've mentioned on this podcast very very many times that the power of a mentor is is it's unreal i've had so many mentors in my life i you know i, I still have people that i bounce ideas uh, from the reason why it's really important is because people have got different journeys mm. and they're at different stages in their career mm. Um, they've had different levels of experience. Uh, they'll have read different things to, 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 to yeah. what you have. They'll have different insights to what you have. So even myself, and I consider myself to be relatively experienced now, I wouldn't say incredibly experienced compared to some of Now I know, yeah, you know, I've got a friend of mine who's placed well over 50,000 implants wow. you know that's like that's like five times as many as I've placed oh, wow. you know his skill and knowledge is just yeah. insane it's you know it's on another level but what it comes down to for me is you know implant implants are effectively they're just a tool and it's how they're implemented yeah. and what I'm getting from you is Invisalign is no different so it is just a tool yeah it's how it's implemented mm-hmm. that's important and therefore, having somebody who's experienced with it, who's who's made the mistakes, yeah. and is there to back you up to, to to avoid you making mistakes. In fact, this this reminds me of a conversation that I had with with a friend of mine, and he turned around and said, he said, but he said, Pav, he said, so let me make one thing clear to you. He said, the people who you mentor will never truly appreciate you because you're keeping them out of all of the trouble that you've got that you've been through in your own career. <laughs> Yeah. And, he said, and he said people only appreciate something once they've actually been through the the, the, the trouble of it yeah. so the, the fact that you keep them out of hot water yes they appreciate it but they don't appreciate the full depth of that of, of how much you're actually mentoring i was like well actually not isn't that the whole point of mentoring yeah you know it's from from, from an implant point of view that that was professor Branamark's original philosophy he was like you have to train the next generation of dentists you have to train them properly because that's the way that the uh, patients benefit that's the way that the dentists benefit and that's the way that the science progresses and a lot of my mentors were 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 trained by prof Branemark. they have that philosophy and they've instilled it in me which is why i'm so passionate about implants and it seems like invisalign's no no different really no i mean yeah i think having you're you're right keep having that mentor i mean even to the and i you know in this 
some some cases take take ages you know we're talking a year so when we first plan them to when we when we get the patient um you know finishing i had a patient that i planned with my mentor last year crazy rotations on laterals which we all know are really challenging movements to do with aligners okay for many reasons, which we won't go into, um, but it's a challenge. Anyway, when this patient, we, we, we set up the staging and it was slightly different staging to what I, I had done before. Um, and I remember going, oh, I, I really like the way I do it because <laughs> I know it's predictable. And I was like, are you sure this is going to work? And my mentor was like, yes, of course it's going to work. Um, and honestly, came in, one set of aligners, perfectly moved. I didn't need these big, crazy, ugly attachments. It was all to do the staging, perfectly aligned, one set of aligners, no open bite, really beautiful occlusion. I was like, wow. And, you know, imagine if I had been blinkered and said, right now, I'm not going to listen to someone else's advice. and I'm not going to reach out because I know that I've got a way I can do it. And I have a way I can do it. But now I've got two ways I can do it. Yes. And it's like, awesome. Like That excites me so much. Yeah. It's really fantastic. Yeah. So the next question I have for you is, in fact, before we get onto that, let's expand a little bit on something that we were discussing just before we started recording. And that is there are some dentists out there where they they get scared about putting in an implant and having um, teeth move around it. My response to that is really quite simple is I don't mind that at all. As long as you're not getting too close mm. to, 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 to my implant, that's it. It's... You don't get, with implant placement and with orthodontic movement, all that you're doing is you, you, you are triggering the healing response. And that's exactly the same with orthodontics. You know, it's no different. Is you're, you're triggering a response where the bone metabolism in inverted commas wakes up and you start to get bone movement. Mm. Okay, you're actually improving the metabolism uh, uh, of the bone. So as, as an implant surgeon, is if the bone around an implant increases and in uh, increases in its metabolism and it gets healthier and better as long as those teeth aren't getting too close to the implant to the point where we're going to have bone loss because we because there are biological parameters that we have to respect with uh, implants and if you encroach on those your bone's going to go so as long as we uh, as long as we respect those parameters i've got no problems moving teeth around implants at all that's absolutely fine with me yeah i mean I will always respect what the surgeon wants, per, you know, so I personally like having everything wrapping up around the same amount of time because uh, I just think it gives a very nice patient journey rather than, you know, we finish six to 12 months of treatment and then they've got to go through another six months plus of treatment. Um, if it can be done, then I, I think that benefits the patient. But I genuinely, I will be led or I will work with the, the surgeon to, to get the best the best solution for everybody i i'm not a surgeon so for me it makes sense um but you know we all have different ways of working which is absolutely and i you know i you know i've i've got some friends where they're just like you know all i do is delayed implants i've got other friends where they're just like all i do is immediate implants and <laughs> they, they all get they all they all get good successes and i yeah. know some people who who will place an implant and ask for it to be integrated and restored first before the invisalign happens and others will turn around and say finish the invisalign then do everything yeah. from my perspective I, I i i don't have a problem with that so i think it's it's one thing not to do it because you don't understand what's going on versus it's uh, another thing that okay you've had the data you understand the data 
later and it's 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 your decision at that at that point i just don't want people to be afraid of it because as i said is as long as you're respecting the biological boundaries of the implant actually it's, it, it doesn't doesn't give any any negative uh, issues there at all so um the net i think the final thing i want oh sorry, sorry? i was just gonna say there was one there's one there's one case that really springs to mind where we we delayed the implant but that was because he had he had external resorption on his upper central and the gingival gingival margin was like two three millimeters it was crazy above the other central and me and my surgeon were looking at it um and if we wanted any type of gingival symmetry at all we were going to have to extrude this in this um tooth with the external resorption i mean we were going to lose the tooth anyway like we like we had done our due diligence, been to see specialists, endo specialists. I was like, if we can save it, we should. No. And so we extruded and you should have seen the extrusion. Yeah. <laughs> I really like overwent for it. because um, he, he had two threads, small teeth anyway. So we really extruded. But because we were able to bring down, you know, that the the whole complex, at the end we had yeah. all this beautiful pink tissue that we, we yeah. could sculpt and you know. It's a bit sad because he has a low lip line, so you can't really see it. But <laughs> you liked it, right? <laughs> no, but he was very um, switched on. He was very aesthetically aware, so he really understood what we were talking about, and he wanted it. Other, other, you know, I wouldn't put people through treatment for the sake of putting them through treatment to make me yeah. feel better. But he wanted it, and I was really pleased he wanted it because it was a challenge. I love a challenge, and also going through that process and really having to extrude and and, and actually the pink doing what we wanted it to do it was so good and it like really showed how beautifully like the two that those two disciplines yes. can come together yeah and i think the, the final question that the, the final thing that i wanted to discuss with yourself is you know at what point do we say no at what point do we say this this isn't suitable for an implant with uh, w- with a combination of uh, of invisalign from my perspective it's probably only those cases where it can't be done with Invisalign because it it it, it needs a bracketed system. Mm. You know, perhaps the occlusion is really really extreme, um, or it's just like the type of tooth movements that are required that it needs fixed appliance. Am I am I wrong? Have I got it right? Or or, or are there any other instances where it's just like that? That's not really suitable for uh, for Invisalign. So. My favorite thing is doing Invisalign when everyone's told the patient they can't have Invisalign. Because <laughs> normally I can get us to where we need to be um, or at least like in a good stable position. Um, but yes, I agree. I think when we can't do implants and Invisalign is when something in the system is going to break down. So either we the patient's not suitable for implants from oral hygiene, you know, maintenance point of view. And it's really difficult, right? Because we know that when, um, so I was actually doing doing some research into this a couple of weeks ago for a lecture. Um, But we know that when patients are happy with the aesthetics of their smile, not only can they physically look after their teeth better, so because, you know, the teeth are straight, they haven't got all the broken bits, they can get around the implants, you know, they can physically do it. But not only can they physically do it, it changes their mindset. They perceive that they are more able to look after their mouth. So I'm always, I always, you know, we obviously need patients who can maintain their teeth, maintain their mouth to be able to have 
more complex treatment. But also, I think we have to go a layer deeper and look at the motivation with the patient, because if we think we can get them there, then I won't say no now. I'll just say it's not yet. But give us a few months, work with us, and we'll get you there. Um, and then the other time is if the patients, you know, again, coming back to the patients and the compliance, if they're not going to wear the aligners and we need those more difficult movements, there's just no point. Like, it's actually yeah. far easier either to do no ortho or to put them in a bracketed system where they can't get it off. <laughs> No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it has to. A lot of the times when we walk away, well, where we say we're not going to do treatment, you know, it's because we can't, or we, you know, the, the parts that we can't control, the parts that we are, is 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 the on the patient side. So it's patient selection. Yeah. So the, the parallels between what you're talking about and implant dentistry is is actually enlightening. Um, from a point of view that I see a lot of patients where their perio is just shot, okay, and um, they've got active gum disease. And yes, I'll do full mouth reconstruction on implants in patients who've got gum disease because, you know, you remove those teeth, you clean out the infection, they don't have gum disease anymore. And quite often, if you assess these patients, they're very much, you can see that the, the, the periodontitis has actually started because their teeth have been so crooked. They've not been able to look after them. Mm. And you get them into something um, uh, uh, better, healthier, easier to maintain. And all of a sudden, their, their problems go away. Now, I do still take into consideration um, uh, osteoimmunology and, yeah, you know, but patient compliance and if i think that they're not going to comply then then yes i don't do it in perio patients i also use uh, implants with a machined neck so it reduced risk of periimplantitis um i know a lot of dentists will turn around and say you know you shouldn't put implants in patients with with gum disease i think it's very different for a full arch if you're if you're removing everything that's that that's very very different uh, so, so the parallels that you're describing are, are are quite interesting actually yeah. um obviously is you know if the patient needs one or two implants and they've got active gum disease no gum disease the, the perio needs treating yeah. fast 100 percent. but if, if somebody's got a terminal dentition and turning around and saying well you've got periodontitis therefore you're not suitable for implants for me that's along the lines of saying well you know you, you have a cancer but you're not suitable for chemotherapy because because you've got cancer you know those are the patients who who need it the most, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, listening to the parallels is very, very interesting, actually. There's, there's a lot of parallels. You know, I, I really, it's not, if we think about, you know, perio, and it's not it's not just perio, you know, it's every, I, lots of things are symbiotic, you know, it might be occluded, like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Is it the crowding? Is it the, you know, is it the anatomy of the teeth? Is it the um, occlusion? You know, like what came first? Like what broke down in the system first? Like, you know, you'll probably never know. But what we can do is at least we can take where we are and, and get the patient to a better position. And this is why I really enjoy working in sort of that multidisciplinary way where I don't do everything. I do the bit I'm good at. And I, we, the patient speaks to and sees people who are as good as they you know as good as they can be at what they do so you know i work with peri specialists i work with endo specialists i work with um you know implant surgeons and the whole point is, is that we get this really good result for the patient and we give them long-term oral health stability because so i think if that's our aim with everything we do i mean how fantastic that you can change someone's life and give them oral health stability confidence i just i love it
I really love it. It's great. Isn't it? <laughs> I, t- I tell you, I tell you, who'd be phenomenal with this type of stuff is somebody like like our friend Chetan, who does uh, who, who does Invisalign and implants yeah. to an exceptionally high level. Yeah. You know, if he's listening to this, he was just like, "What are you two on about? Yeah. Just do it yourself." Do it yourself. <laughs> do it yourself. <laughs> Gosh, no, 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 no. I don't think uh, I don't think I could do what you guys do. That a little dabble here here and there, guided. <laughs> It's fun. Come, come and watch a Zygo case. You'll love it. <laughs> Drilling up here by the eyeball. It's great. So I have a real issue. And this started at dental school, right? I would be, <laughs> what, you know, you have, to, you have to watch all surgery before you're allowed to do anything and you have to nurse. I fainted every single time to the point where my tutors were like, how are you going to be a dentist? And, yeah. I, and I was, I don't know, because I kept fainting. So it turns out I'm actually fine with blood if I'm controlling the blood. Like if I'm okay. if I'm working in there and you know, got you know, fillings, gums, you know, everything's bleeding sometimes. That's fine because I'm concentrating on doing my job. But if I'm just watching someone else create all this blood, I can't do it. So how about this? You do the zygote and I'll assist you. Then <laughs> <laughs> you'll be okay, right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, Millie, I mean, we, we, we've been going on for about 45 minutes now. I, th- I think we, we've given the listeners um, a nice oversight of kind of like balancing uh, Invisalign and implants. If the listeners wanted to find you to pick your brains a little bit more, what's, what, what, what's the best way for them, for them to find you? So the best way is probably through Instagram. So it's, at, it's just at Dr. Millie Morrison. Um, and shoot me a message on there. Um, and I'm very happy to help. Um, and we can, you know, happy to help via message or Zoom or, you know, whatever, whatever people, whatever people want or need. So uh, Instagram is probably the easiest way. Yeah, I think I think you talk Invisalign as much as I talk implants, which is yeah. saying something. So. It's, it's, it's a problem, but it's OK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Billy, thank you very much for your time this evening. Folks, thank you very much for tuning in and listening. Uh, if you have any topics that you would like for me to cover, please reach out and let me know. Uh, I've got some more topics that I will be recording over the next uh, few weeks as well. And uh, I'll, I really appreciate you all listening. Um, please ask your friends, colleagues, family, dogs, cats to listen to this. If you've got fish, I'm sure the fish would love, love to hear my voice as well. Uh, it's all very much appreciated. Uh, we just want to spread the word about implants and now as well apparently so yeah (laughs) folks thank you very much and i will speak to you soon thank you so much for having me on